Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, it's a holiday weekend. Are you ready? Happy anniversary. You know, what today, you know what today is? No, I know nothing. This, is, this has been one year since we moved to Fridays. Wow. Yeah, if you think about it, we moved, we moved to drive time last year for Memorial Day weekend. You've been putting up with me for a while. I know. I think other than my wife, you're like the second longest relationship I have right I now. I want a divorce. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to <laughs> no, that I later. No, I can't afford one. We'll even get in to this. that later. But, but and before we get into sports, you're going to be doing a little musical action this weekend. And we got a guest to join us. Uh, talk about it all. So re- if you remember, we had John Oates on a couple weeks ago talking about their Hoagie Nation tour, which is the down at the pier. Mm-hmm. And it's tomorrow. And I believe that uh, we have another one of the acts that's going to be there now. Do we? Brandon, are you there from down north? I am. How you doing? Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm doing great. Jeff is going to be down there at Hoagie Nation. He's looking forward to seeing you guys. You've been playing your music uh, all morning in studio. Why don't you tell us what it's like to, to be in Philly this weekend and, uh, and what they can expect from your performance there? Well, we haven't made it to Philly yet. Uh, we're currently uh, just leaving New York or Connecticut, but we will be down there tomorrow, and uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a great lineup. We're very excited to be a part of it. So, so it looks like you're actually the open. You're opening up the show on the South Philly stage. Yeah, we're going to be the first act, and uh, we're looking to kick it off, set the tone, and have a great show, and try to show everybody what we do, and. We're kind of the band that nobody's ever heard of, so it's going to be a chance for us to put our put our name out there. Well, if a if a tall guy with a goatee storms the stage, that's just Jeff. Uh, so don't worry about that. Yeah, but, you nobody okay. wants. Trust me, nobody wants me singing. So, as the band that nobody knows about, tell us a little bit about you. What they what they can expect? Well, we're an alternative soul band uh, from Seattle, um, but we are kind of one of these eclectic groups that. Uh, we play a little bit of everything, and we put on a really big performance. Um, we, we really pride ourselves about our musicianship and our ability to uh, entertain while we play, and we do it with, uh, with solid songwriting. So our, our goal as a band is to give everybody the show that they'll be talking about for years to come. You guys get to catch any of the sports teams out there in Seattle, a little bit of the Seahawks or Mariners out there? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm more of a Hawks fan because Mariners uh, kind of fell off their wagon Uh uh, it's kind of a, I don't even know who's on the team anymore been, <laughs> since their heyday. <laughs> well, Robinson do, Cano was on there, that. but he got suspended. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And we also got that no-hitter the other day, which is something you don't see very often. Well, so. And you're going to have a lot of turnover on your Seahawks this year. You're going to have a little bit of a different team there, a little different look. Well, I think what we got to do is look at how the Hawks were uh, underrated, you know, 2012, 2013, everybody – gave us a really bad draft grades for, you know, um, drafting in the mid and later rounds. And who are all these people that we passed up on? And we went for, uh, you know, Bruce Irvin and all these other players that weren't rated as high. But we got Richard Sherman and, uh, you know, obviously Russell Wilson, you know, all these underrated players that came out to be superstars. And I think it's just a wait and see what happens. Well, you you also had – Michael Bennett, but uh, it appears you lost him to our Eagles. Well, you know, um, I think he's uh, he's he's one of those guys who played like almost every down. He played through injury. Um, he was kind of a uh, he was very outspoken, but um, he 
he put his heart and soul into it on the field, and uh, I wish him the very best. And you guys are the bird bros for us, so you know you guys are awesome winning a winning a winning a trophy, and hopefully they are able to compete. It's a hard thing to turn around and compete the next year. We saw at Super Bowl Forty Nine; it was a kind of a heartbreak for us. Um, but I think it's a big. You know, it's a big deal to win win it all and then try to come back the next year and do it again. So what's it like to balance your, your sports fandom and your, your travel for your music? Do you, do you get to see uh, different games in different cities, or are you just always traveling, playing, and you guys stay focused on that? You know, the life of a band, you're, you're always on the go. You don't really have time to, to – I mean, sometimes we do have time off, but um, since there's a lot of downtime with traveling, it's, you know, checking up on sports and stuff like that is a very uh, – it's a good way to pass the time and keep yourself knowing what's going on in the world around you as you're driving across the United States. And just so, trying, to, trying to be a fan of, my, you know, I'm a, I'm a homer. I'm a, I, you know, I'm a local sports fan, but I also try to, I also try to like go to the underdog as much as I can. So it's always interesting to see teams that you don't expect to, to make it, make it. And, you know, everybody had the Eagles picked for, you know, not winning the, the Super Bowl and yeah, we, 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 we were one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean if we're going to be honest great. about it all. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just so so that was a great game, you know. But Brandon, Brandon, just one more question: Is uh, somebody that comes from a, a soul background and and has a soul band, uh, what's it like to to be able to be on the same stage in the same festival with uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates? Oh, I mean, it's an honor uh, to be to be sharing the stage with them and. Um, we're kind of like the next generation of uh, soul music. We're we're, um, we're looking forward to, to showing people what we got because uh, we're one of those unique bands that um, we can't really be compared to very many acts. And uh, I feel that you know we have uh, we have big shoes to fill, and uh, we're ready for that opportunity. Well, we're look we're looking forward to seeing you here in Philly tomorrow night. Jeff's gonna bring back a full report for me. I won't be down there, but uh, he'll be taking notes and video, and uh, we'll talk all about it. Maybe we'll uh, have you back on in the future from the road. Oh yeah, well we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Enjoy your time in Philly when you get here, and uh, thanks for being here. Have a great weekend. Yeah, thanks. Take it easy. So Jeff, how excited are you for the concert? I, you're a huge Hall Notes fan, and I think you're going to enjoy this I, band. I think it's going to be. I mean, it's a cool festival. It's an interesting group of people because they got Hall Notes, they got Train, which is another big act. They got Marty Stewart, who's kind of a country act, and then they got on another stage. They have multiple stages at this event. It's down at the pier. They also have Fits in the Tantrums, and then they have local guys, Tommy Conwell and the Young Rumblers. I mean, it's it's a really good group of people that they have on the show, and it goes on all day. I enjoy getting to ask musicians about sports and their love of sports yeah. because, um, you know, you find out that, that he's a homer and he roots for the teams where he is in the con- no matter where he is in the country. And, I mean, he knew his Seahawks stuff with his draft picks there. I, I You know, I remember, I don't remember who it was, but they had an athlete and a, and a musician, and the musician said musicians always wanted to be athletes and athletes always wanted to be musicians. So no it's doubt. Kind of an, it's kind of an interesting dichotomy but you know i think in an odd way this is a segue to to something that i think that we have to talk about thanks to the nfl is we just had a seahawks fan on and and i i think are we starting there i think we have to i I so we have a situation where we have this the seahawks are kind of one of the teams that that led to this whole social justice discussion uh they had very outspoken players in, in addition to colin kaepernick and and once again we now have the nfl 
putting its foot in its mouth and finding a way to take a controversy that was going away and waving a big flag out saying, hey, can you please come back and criticize us? How many people were still taking a knee before the NFL did this? I think this it was like thing? six. Like it was down to single digits. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It's If you don't show them on TV, it doesn't really make news other than the people in the stadium. Well, because people had kind of changed the message. It, it, there was a point to all of this, and then it tur- got turned into a flag discussion, so it, it really didn't work anymore. All so right, let's, let's talk stopped. about what happened this week, because yeah. you had the intersection of a couple things, because the Eagles were invited to the White House this week, and we'll talk about that in a second as well. But mm-hmm. What's the, the over-under on how many of them come? I think a lot of them go, actually. I think, you know, give me an over handful. Give, give me an over-under. Well, I don't know. How many are you going off of for like the full roster and stuff? Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know, like 50 of them go, I think. No way. You don't think that many? No. But go ahead. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think they all, uh, from what I saw, they're all going to go to D.C. Not all of them are going to go to the White House. Mm-hmm. They'll still have an experience together. But that also has, obviously, the background of this. The president right. commented after the NFL decided this week that they adopted a new anthem rule. And I don't want to say voted on because they <laughs> didn't actually vote. See, but here's the problem. They said they voted. Well, that's it. So you have to say that they voted on it because the commissioner said they voted on it. But they, they didn't, didn't vote on it. It's just <laughs> so I don't have to say anything. <laughs> they didn't vote on it. It's they, just, they took a, a. It's his alternate fact. They took a magical poll of what people were thinking by osmosis, and decided this is what they feel honestly. And then the owner said, "No, we didn't really it's vote on it." The most chicken way to do it. If you don't want people to not stand for the anthem, mandate that they stand or don't have them on the field. Right. All you did now is turn the attention from the people who are kneeling on the field to the people who are walking out of the locker room after the anthem. Right. You, you changed nothing in the conversation except for the fact that you changed the conversation from what it was actually about, social justice. You took the bait. Mm-hmm. You made it about the flag and about patriotism. And you sacrificed the progress that you were making on actually making a difference in the community to get a headline because you're afraid of the president. Let's be honest. I'm not trying to get too political. That's what it is. <laughs> They're afraid of him <laughs> tweeting that... Yeah. They're not good enough, which afterwards he went and did an interview saying, well, if you don't stand, you shouldn't be in the country. Oh, really? So maybe they'll then start trading those players to the Canadian Football League. I mean, <laughs> what is going on here, Jeff? It, you know, the commissioner is, is supposed to be doing what is in the best interest of the league. And I, I've yet to figure out what Roger Goodell does that's in the best interest of the league. The NFL said they came help. to an agreement. The NFLPA wants to know with who because they right. weren't consulted. Exactly. So their players. So wait till the first fine comes out, which, by the way, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they put this in and I don't think they're going to fine a just single so they human can, being. So you think this is just a PR move so they can say they have a policy that discourages kneeling? Correct. That's all that this is. I think that this is a paper tiger. I don't think anything's going to happen as a result. So Sage Rosenfels asked a question. Um, are they going to stop selling their $10 beers during the national anthem? It's a very good question. because Are they not going to go to commercial and make that commercial money to air the anthem so that people can stand at home and show the same respect that you're requiring the players to now stand? Is, I mean, that a, is that a rhetorical question? Do, do, do we I'm, know? I'm asking Did they institute an, that I'm too? asking an honest question. Where does it stop? Why do only certain people have to do this. No, everybody should have to do it. If 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 the if you are at an event where the people that are playing are required to do something 
for the most part, you should be required to do it. But too. while you're at that event, the yeah. NFL goes to commercial break and makes millions yeah, of no, dollars no. on commercials. That, that, I think that's taking it too far. Why? I, because because if it's so important. No, because it's if it's not on TV, there the, the, it's fine. Do you, you know why? Because it's not about this. No, I think you're taking it too far. It's not about the flag. It never was. I know, people but have no, taken but, it. but you're taking it too far, and that's that's when people start to hit back. What should happen is if you're going to institute a rule saying that, that you need to show respect for something, then it should apply to the fans too. Everybody that's in, in the stadium, not people that go to commercial, not if you're sitting in your house, it, but you should not be selling concessions because it always bothers me. If I'm standing in the concourse, whether I have food in my hand or not, or if I'm in line, I will turn around and I'll stand silently for the national anthem. As if I was standing by my seat. But I'm always baffled at the people that continue to talk there. And it's the same people that would tell people to shut up if they were standing by their seat. Show respect. Right. So so I'm just saying if you're in the arena, then then you're right. Or Sage Rosenfels is right. That, that they should not be selling the hot dogs at that moment. They should just stop and everybody should turn around in line and do the same thing that you're asking the players to do. I don't think that's too much to ask, but I think the whole the whole discussion is ridiculous because this was not something that was going to happen. And I think that the other reason they did it this way where they kind of gave some discretion to the owners is they're just trying to take away from this whole collusion argument. Of course. I think that that's part of what's going on. But it does hurt here. their collusion argument when you find out that they did polling on whether Colin Kaepernick should be in the NFL last year. And and like it, that that kind of undercuts your challenge when you polled and actually paid an agent and, and I I've been and involved a, with polling to get opinion on whether fans believed that he should be playing. Uh, well, not only that, it it appears that they did some internal uh, work on this and Several of the general managers said that not only was he somebody who should be a quarterback in the league, starter. that he was a starter, a starter level person in the league. I mean, look, I understand PR. I understand perception. They're trying to do what's best for their business from a marketing and PR spec perspective. They're not, though. But be honest about what you're doing. All right? This is not about patriotism because you're paying the military to fly over your stadium. So let's be honest about what this is. It's not about the flag. It's not about patriotism. It's people that are afraid of public perception from the conversation that was being had that makes them uncomfortable. Because the same day that so, they did this yeah. in Milwaukee, video came out of an NBA basketball player being tased for parking in a handicapped spot. He should have gotten a ticket for illegal parking, and he was tased. That is why the players were taking a knee. Right. To bring example yeah. to problems with social justice. And the end How does this move by the NFL do anything to lessen the risk that their player is going to be the person it in that doesn't. situation? And so, so compare that to the way that the NBA deals with it. So the NBA says, look, these are individuals. They have a right to express their opinion in a respectful way. And for the most part, the NBA players handle this really well. They wear shirts before the games. They make their statements. And, and attendance is not going down, and they have some of the most outspoken coaches in sports. I mean, Steve Kerr and, and Greg Steve Popovich. Steve Kerr said that the NFL rule is idiotic. Right, and Greg Popovich has said lots of things. So, And somehow you're allowed to express your opinion and move on. And instead, the NFL tried to – they thought they were getting in front of this, and all they've done is, is lead from behind – and it just makes it worse and worse and worse. And, and they should just stay out of this. 
And anybody who says, you know, this is a job and, you know, free speech doesn't apply to a job, but an employer can do whatever they want, is true, except in the NFL, there is a collective bargaining agreement. And because there's a collective bargaining agreement, the owners gave away their right to do things unilaterally. So they're supposed to collectively bargain with the players, which they didn't do in this instance, as far as we can tell. So I'm looking for my law. Thing, I'm looking for my law and order done. Uh, it's too late. I totally so, missed it. So, but but they handled this incorrectly. Thank you for my legal and, breakdown yes, of the. And I find Roger Goodell guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. And somebody, please find somebody that can lead this league in a direction that stops with the nonsense. So the Eagles will go to the White House on June 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll Some see which them. players will mm-hmm. not go. Chris Long said he won't attend. Malcolm Jenkins, Tori Smith. Already right. said they won't be attending. We'll see who else is there. A couple other moves with the Eagles organization this week. They released Michael Kendricks, mm-hmm. and Brian Dawkins, my favorite Eagle, left the organization. To go? To do something else that God's calling him to do, apparently. Okay. Um, so if, I wish I mean, him the look, best. I don't look, know if there's a backstory or anything like that. Um, was it? Look, it's nice to have him around. It's not like he's making decisions as far as trades or no. anything like that. He was, a, he was a good person to have in the organization. He represented the organization well. We wish him luck, but it, it doesn't impact anything. All right, let's uh, whip around sports a little bit, and uh, we got about 10 minutes to break, so let, let's do a quick whip around. NBA playoffs. You watched a game last night, one of the few good games in the— Finally. Finally, some Finally good basketball. The good only good games game. have been Houston against— uh, Golden State, right? The, the Boston Cleveland games have all been. How does blowouts. Houston win? They pulled it off last night, oh, and James Harden forgot had how a to terrible shoot. Night. He, he forgot how to shoot three pointers. But it, what's amazing to me is during the regular season, it, a lot of times it was just James Harden. And it's what it is, is Chris Paul passes the ball to James Harden, and he spends 18, 19 seconds backing somebody in, and then he shoots the ball. Um, they seem to have figured out how to play as a team, and Clint Capella's really turned out to be a good player. Golden State's got a little bit of a challenge. Now, you'd expect them to win Game 6 back at home and Game 7 on the road. I think Might. I think the health of Chris Paul and his hamstring are going to be key. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that Houston wins this series without Chris Paul back on the court. I wouldn't be surprised to see him sit in Game 6. Well, can his twin brother come in and play? The imaginary twin brother <laughs> from those commercials come in and play for him? <laughs> I always love those commercials. <laughs> Let's get to hockey for a second. Uh, hey. Washington has exercised their demons. Finally. They are going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Ovechkin has been in the league for 13 years, and he has finally made the finals. Vegas has been in the league for less than 13 months. Did you see they, they tweeted the other day, on this date in, in Vegas Knights history, dot, 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 and then it said something like, nothing happened except we were all sitting around the office. Yeah, right? <laughs> the, the, I mean, there was. Is it a good thing for the NHL yes. that an expansion team wins in their first year? Yes. I think it's good for the fan base. I, I think in to this, like build a fan base. In I don't. I'm not saying it sh- you want it to happen every year, but this was a an incredible story because of the way that they handle getting their players, which it's just castoffs from other teams. You're only allowed to protect a certain amount of players, and they usually put the guys in who have the biggest contracts, who they don't think are contributing as much, and. All of these guys banded together in a city that people said professional sports was never going to work in because everybody's really a transplant in Vegas. And people have taken to this hashtag Vegas born thing and and just it it has caught on not just there but nationally. I mean, look look at their goalie. I mean, he was a great goalie when he was with Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh then had Matt Murray and couldn't protect both. 
and he's just been lights out. And then you have the Capitals, which is, again, just to remind people who don't like the Capitals, if you're a Flyers fan, most of those players were originally Hershey Bears. So <laughs> so you can lessen the venom, but Braden Holtby... I don't think that'll make people feel any better. The Capitals started this playoff run with Braden Holtby on the bench, one of the best goalies in the game for the last half decade. And Braden Holtby came in at the last He's two games. He's caught fire. He had an up-and-down season, though. Yes, but, but he has the last two games... He has been lights out, like and that is some one talented team. Saves in that in game six and game seven. I think you're going to have a the, great Stanley. You, the, you always have a great. The Stanley series Cup starts finals. Monday night in mm-hmm. Vegas. Any thoughts about that long of a break? Five days. I don't think it matters. I think these guys needed needed uh, a few days off. Um, especially, especially. Did you see the fight? When was the last time you saw a a real fight in a hockey game in a playoff? It was game? a good fight too. It, <laughs> I mean, I'm the one who's big on fighting in hockey, but but was, they they went into the penalty box. It was came right out of the penalty box and went right at it. We got only five minutes left for Phillies uh, before we hit the break. So they continue to play solid. They're now half game out of first place. Half game out of first place. Eleven and five since May fifth. Starting rotation has an MLB best 1.59 earn run average over the last 16 games. So here's here's the shocking thing to me about that is it, I think I mentioned before that or that that they have five right-handed starting pitchers. They ha- had last year had five right-handed starting pitchers. It's it's an anomaly to be able to do well with that, and they got a good left-handed pitcher in the minors. So these guys are doing great. There are also people knocking on the door, which we d- we have not had that in a Your long time. Your boy Vinny time. Velasquez continues to throw the baseball well for five innings. Uh, th- that's the problem with him. But if he becomes the pitcher they think he will, will you like swallow your pride and acknowledge that? I will. You will. Well, and also part part of it was they did, the Phillies didn't really have a closer. Hector is. Hector comes in, and the first guy has to walk. So I'm not like a, a movie person all the time, but yeah. like. The movie Mean Girls, where they say stop to try and make fetch happen. Okay. Stop trying to make Neris happen. Like he's, it, it's, it's not, not working. It's not working. Not only is it not working, he almost blew it the other night. You and I were texting. I know. We're so, we're, and, we're, and we in both a four texted, nothing game. A four nothing game. Yeah. And after he gets the save after putting men on, uh-huh. what did I text to you? Few. Few which and I what was did you texting, write back? I was texting, texting you the same, same thing. thing. Like we both had the exact same yeah. thoughts of how. Here's, awful. here's what I want. You now have a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, who came up a couple weeks ago. And has done nothing but show you he is lights out. Sir Anthony Dominguez, nine innings, one hit, zero runs, zero walks, nine strikeouts, and nasty stuff. Yeah. So so why would you not experiment with him in the closer's role? It makes no sense to me. Well, Move Hector back to where I think he he's going to put him in the closer role without calling him a closer. I think he's just going to do closer by committee and no, 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 Neres I, will get phased no, out. No, no, no. I hate the word by committee in Everything baseball. on this team is no. by committee. They no. get water together by I committee. Know. I know. It's got to stop. I mean, it really does. Look, Kingery is all over the place. He's struggling in the field. You think uh-huh. that Hoskins is struggling because he's all over the place. There is not that consistent. The consistency has been Odubel Herrera in the lineup. People need to know their place in order to do their best. Know your role, Jeff. That's right. You really need to know. have your comfort zone. And that's what happens with relievers. And I think that's what... I was worried when they signed Santana that this was going to hurt Hoskins' development. Because Hoskins is a first baseman. He always was a first baseman. He's played okay in left field, but he's a first baseman. And 
the effort that he has to put in in left field, I think, may be impacting his ability to hit. Same thing with Kingery. You, after the first couple of weeks, you were in love with this guy. I fall in love yeah, and, with everybody. And, 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 I, and I said to you, hold on. It's just the first time around. And since that time, we have Kingery, who has struggled. He is 192 average, no home runs, one RBI in the entire month of May. Can't He's, we talk about the fun news? Jorge Alfaro gunned down somebody else again the other night. He has a bazooka for an arm. <laughs> he, he just keeps throwing people out. He's, and, he's and thrown nine runners on 28 attempts so what far. What is amazing about his throws besides how fast they are, he has the three fastest throws this year. And for his, all you're not into stats, yeah. you're into that like how hard he throws the ball. No, not only that, not only that, that, he throws the ball to exactly where the runner's foot He's is about to go. He's got much better at that. Yes, uh, I'm gonna. We mentioned a double. Uh, Cesar Hernandez how about Caesar? How about has a Caesar? 27 game on base streak, tied for the longest active in baseball. Yep. And then Nick, you, Williams. Still, you still want to replace Caesar with Kingery? Why you got to end like that? <laughs> we were having a great time. We were talking, smiling, happy, and you got to go there. I, I, As if I did something I think wrong. Caesar is, is an all-star second baseman. What do you think of Nick Williams? That'll be the last thought for the segment. I Eight th- for 18 as a pinch hitter this season with two homers, a double, and seven RBIs. You think he should be playing more? I think he should be. I think all four of them should be starting outfielders, and that's what's what's frustrating about this. That's going to be the last comment for this segment. Stick with us. When we come back, we'll have our Phillies High Hopes Minor League Rundown. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Sheriff's Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. Jeff, you ready to talk a little minor league rundown? Always ready to talk minor leagues. All right. It is time for our Phillies minor league rundown report. Can you run that clip if we talk about like a no-hitter? I can run that clip whenever you'd like. <laughs> I, I could say just rounding the Cause bases. Because it's, hit, it's hitting the ball. I could say just rounding the bases and I could run that clip. Uh, let me tell you, if you want, if you want to measure the show based on me running the bases that'll be the whole half hour so by the time i get home when we were out in lehigh valley i was going to ask if they would let you run the bases but my fear was that they would reply back that i would have to also ha 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 well no actually what i thought you were going to do was bring something else up oh your your aarp card that's sitting on the the (laughs) table here i would never discuss your age or no never like that look i'm not the one or my height i'm not the one who brought the the card out to begin the show and and have it out here in the segment i'm hoping to get a discount by the end of the show what on listening to the show oh i don't charge all you to sorts listen to of me. things all right let's get into some yeah. minor league baseball um tell me what's going on in the phillies minor league we talked earlier in the show about how the team's doing in the majors uh we've got a great interview coming up in a few minutes but let's recap sort of the week in phillies minor league well, the, the pigs who we just visited, the Iron Pigs, mm, they are bacon. in f- first place. <laughs> so how, how many times have you worn your bacon shirt? It's in the wash right now. Oh. <laughs> now, now, this week they actually had a Spanish bacon. So they put Tokino on their 
jerseys Where's instead my, of bacon. I, so so wait, do you need you, one of those too? Yeah, get me a collection. So, so, so do you want every time they have a different Absolutely. heritage night with a different form of bacon on it do you want it so i'm gonna i'm gonna admit something now yeah. okay i went to college and they have all those like sign up for credit cards and you get a free t-shirt oh no my wardrobe was yeah. based on free t-shirts how, from many, how many credit cards did you that's have? a totally separate story <laughs> that my parents don't want me to get into okay. on the air all right all you need to know is everything was paid off <sighs> as a father right. you so so sign. you say <laughs> no no it was I, everything I, you might have told me this before we entered into a business together <laughs> everything was paid back that's all you need to know jeff go okay. ahead talk some baseball so, so the, to me, the biggest concern about what happened in Lehigh Valley this week was that uh, Roman Quinn. So after oh, after we went up to see, break. I know uh, the, the guy is such a good guy, and he's so talented. We had so much fun interviewing him. Yeah, and and, and he's so talented. I mean, think about it. When he came up last year, he he brings this dynamic of speed that that really the only other person who has close to that on the team. And we have some speed in, at the major league levels, but really the only guy is Cesar Hernandez. And and Roman would have been the perfect guy to have at least on the bench, and he plays a great center field, and he can play all the outfield positions. So if if something happens to one of the other outfielders, he was the guy. But once again, he's kind of bitten by this this injury bug, and he now has uh, a finger that he needed surgery on, and he's out six to eight weeks. Torn ligament, gonna have to recover a little bit. Yeah, because you know it's it's not that simple to just recover from that because you have to get the strength back in, in the finger for hitting for gripping the, the bat so it's going to be we wish him well and hopefully by midseason he'll be back and it's a tough break for the phillies because you know you want to have those options of speed and he really was playing well to start the season and it seems like some things have clicked for him and he, he's got a maturity at this point and an idea of, of what his plan is when he's coming up to the plate and when he's playing a game and you, you just hope that he can find that health to, to be out there so hopefully gets a little time off recovers and uh, gets right back to it yeah and unfortunately the other thing that came out of the minor league games was jared eikoff was down at reading rehabbing had a decent couple innings and then came out of the game and had numbness in his fingertips we which never is, want to have that right happen. so they have now they have not said that he needs surgery they have not said that it's a long-term injury but he has been at least in the short term shut down with no expectation of when he will be coming back and rehabbing again and apparently this was similar to what happened last season with him though he said not as serious in terms of how it felt to him and he was playing catch the next day or two days later a little bit so Maybe that's hopeful, but clearly there's there's something going on there, and they're going to have to try and figure it out in order to, to get him to stay healthy enough to, to feel good and, and not cause any further injury. Right, but on the on the positive side, you have some guys that are AAA and AA that are starting to bang on the door. There's really no place for them right now at the major league level unless you're talking maybe about a couple bullpen pieces. When we talked earlier about how well the, the major league team is playing in places and you know, this is the the challenge. It's the good and the bad. You want your players to be pushed, but then at the same time, you get to a level where there isn't room for them, even though they're pushing guys that are already there. Well, if I was Matt Klintak, the biggest thing that I would be concerned about, not in a bad way, but trying to figure out what I'm going to do is the Phillies have not had a regular left-handed starting pitcher in over two years. Think about that. So every pitcher, except for a spot starts here and there, has been a right-handed pitcher. There's nobody, uh, if an opponent's here for three or four days in a row, they're always seeing that same angle for the most part and seeing that same side of the plate. And there's a reason that you want to have lefties and righties. And it also changes whether or not what the lineup is, is of the opposing, opposing team. So 
So the guy that's kind of knocking on the door is the guy that we saw when we were in Lehigh Valley, which is Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin is a left-handed pitcher. He was a national champion when he was at the University of Oregon. He was so a his second name's on the pick. back of my bacon shirt. No, that's Eflin. You're right. <laughs> you know what's bad, by the way? When you're alive on the air yeah. and then you say something stupid, like uh-huh. last week we were talking about the walk-up music for The Office and I just decided to make a comment about Office Space. Yeah, you, and you then every time I listen, it. Every time I listen back to the show, it annoyed me more that I screwed that up. But like, you're live on air and you can't really change it once you say the stupid thing. You're, it's just out there and you look dumb. So it's like, how well, you're you only making it worse by bringing it up more. Just admitting you just, my, just, just admitting my fault. Okay, so go, I should just glance past that's it. That's right. It didn't so let's happen. go back. So Cole Irvin is having a, a great season. He's pitching very well, and he is a left-handed pitcher. He was a second-round pick. For those thinking that maybe the Phillies haven't done so well picking the last couple of years, here's an example of somebody that has. So you mentioned that. Now, if if you want to follow along, Jeff uh, and his son do a great job uh, on our High Hopes Phil's Twitter account where they put matchups that are coming up uh, for the night in the different uh, levels of baseball. They have, you know, stars that are hot, news and information. Jeff, you got in a little Twitter back and forth with somebody this week about Mickey Moniak. And I want to get the Jeff philosophy on prospects because the, the come at you was... The Phillies need to admit they screwed up with Moniak. He's not playing as well as they thought he would. And your response was, I mean, they said plenty of other things. Well, well, my my response is patience and education. And they had no patience for your patience. You're talking about the person who decided to tweet it, tweet at us repeatedly. Who's been on the show before, Sean? Yes, and I'm sure he'll call in at some point to debate you about it. Yes, but but look, I agree that Mickey Moniak is not living up to expectations. But Mickey Moniak was drafted a little over two years ago and is 19 years of age, okay? Um, He was never anticipated to be a power hitter. He was expected to be a toolsy center fielder who would bring some speed, a little bit of everything. And when you come out of high school, one of the first things they do is evaluate and change a lot of what made you successful because they won't make you successful at the major league level. When you're in high school, you're facing kids that are just throwing fastballs, but they're throwing fastballs at 80 miles an hour, 85 miles an hour. When you get to the minors, as you progress through it, you start to see guys who throw junk and people who can throw a real curveball and a real changeup and a real slider, and you have to adjust almost everything about what you do. You don't just come out, and not everybody's Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. Most people have to go through this process. Which is who Sean likes to, you know, he's not Mike Trout. Nobody's Mike Trout. <laughs> right. That's why he's Mike Trout. Nobody's Mike That's, Trout. Right. So, so, so he's only at the high A level right now. He is struggling. I was going to say, so do you have concerns? Yes, I do have concerns. But, but when somebody tweets at me or says to me, walking down the street or whatever, says to me, hey, by the way, He's, I, I, when I said, I said, if you remember, what I said to him is, have you ever seen him play? Do you know anything about him other than looking up a stat sheet one day or looking at the bottom of, of a newspaper, if anybody remembers what a newspaper is? And, it's that thing that gets your hands <laughs> exactly. dirty, right? And 
He didn't, and then his response is, yeah, nobody at Citizens Bank Park will either. Well, that's a separate and, issue and about Philly's attendance that we talked about a little bit earlier as well, uh, and see, that's, that's another bug But I didn't his. read that as a, a, a shot at Philly's attendance. Oh, no, no, that's where that goes back to. He's got a bug about fans not going and sort of being fair-weather fans, and so that's where... Well, I, I, yeah, but I think there was also saying that Mickey Moniak's never going to make it, and, and my response is, you don't know that. You don't know that a 19-year-old's never going to make it. You may well be right, but you don't hit on every one of them. And if you go back and you look at that draft, that was not a strong draft. In fact, I think there was three position players taken in the first 10. It was mostly pitchers. And there's nobody from that first round who has jumped to the major leagues yet. So why we're rushing to attack him and not allowing him to develop and just saying it's over is beyond me. Why we're taking a snapshot in time in May for the and saying his OPS is low and it is. It's very low. Does not mean that it cannot improve. So it's okay to criticize. It's not okay in my mind to just shut down somebody and say He's never going to make it based on a snapshot in time. So if you're looking for some additional entertainment, engage with Jeff at our High Hopes Phil's Twitter account, and he will come at you. <laughs> no, I, I enjoy people who have an intellectual conversation and disagree. Come you mean like when you started a problem and things about the Vegas Golden Knights and Winnipeg Jets with Pat McCarthy and uh, another certain no, that's player, Nick Rickles? That, that, that's fun. When because you, because you were trolling people, <laughs> tagging well, them in your tweets? Nick, Nick is a Vegas resident. and, and a, Nick Rickles, who we interviewed on last week's show, Vegas resident, huge Vegas fan. And this week, uh, we're going to play shortly our interview with Pat McCarthy, who... Somehow is a Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets, Jets fan, fan and, and was wearing a, a Jets jersey while he was announcing the game last week when they were playing each other. So when the Capitals made the finals, I made a point of sending uh, the link to where Pat could buy a Capitals jersey. Has he replied uh, yet? Yes. And then they, they have said, he said, no, I can't do that. He can't and, do that. Yeah. So I, I said I will take up the cause only because the Capitals are actually just a bunch of baby Hershey Bears. Or older Hershey Bears. So let's get to Pat. Uh, we have an interview with him today that we did. And you know, well, wait. Can we before we get to that interview? Can we just quickly get to stock up and stock down? Quickly. Okay. So with regard to stock up, because uh, I think that we it, this is important. People keep want, asking me about Dylan Cousins. I worry. About, <laughs> am, I, uh, am I people? <laughs> well, you're one of them. But but I keep getting this question, and, and unfortunately, what I got to tell you is right now the stock is way down because. In the last 10 games, he's had 35 at-bats, six hits, no homers, two RBIs, three walks, and here, make sure you don't fall off your chair, 19 strikeouts. Are you going to give me any good news in this stock up, stock down stuff? No, not in the, well, not in the stock down, because for a season, he has 67 strikeouts and 147 at-bats, and, and he's got to figure that out, and it's affecting the rest of his game, because even though he's a big guy, he's fast, and he's not even stealing bases. He has seven for the season, but he has zero over the last 10 games. Find me some sunshine in my stock up okay, report. Okay, so my stock up report is Joey Manessis. Joey Manessis is not a guy who came from the Philly system. He was a, he came from the Braves system. Yep, he was a minor league free agent, and he has come over, and he has been tearing it up at first base. He's Now, he's older. He's 26 years old. Uh, older. Just turned in 26. <laughs> Says the guy with the AARP yeah, card. He's about half my age, but <laughs> yeah. But he's he's 12 for his last 38 until the last 10 games. He's batting 316. He's got four home runs. He's got eight RBIs. 
Um, he doesn't strike out a lot, and for the season, he's batting three thirty three. He has seven home runs Leading in 21. Leading the International League. Yeah, he's doing really well, and he, I, he's kind of that feel-good story, more than, than almost like Brock Stasi, who, by the way, they played against us. They week. did. He, yeah. he played. Okay, so any other stock up, stock down that we should get to before we play our interview with Pat? So I have a stock up, but he has nothing to do with the Phillies other than we are trying to find a way to see the New Hampshire Fisher Cats you just want to see Vlad Guerrero's son. This kid is—he's not—he's 19 years old, and, and he is—he comes from—he's playing the uh, way that he's his playing the Mike Trout way. Well, no, but his father is a Hall of a, a recently inducted Hall he, of he Famer. He can mash the ball. He is 19 years old. He was signed for 3.9 million dollars when he was 16. Okay, and it looks it, like a good investment. It, so it far. appears to be a very good investment because this kid is tearing it up. He's batting over 400. And he has 46 RBIs. So are you and, and your son going to travel to see him? Are you going to go to New well, Hampshire or are well, they playing? Well, no, they're in, they're in Redding's they're league. And they also play, and Trenton is in that same league. So the goal is to try to see him at either Trenton or Redding. And I would assume, barring um, an asteroid hitting the earth, that we will see him at the All-Star game because we're going to be covering the AA All-Star game. Well, we're going to have to try and see if we can reach out to him. See yes. if we can get that set up. Uh-huh. Let's leave the the baseball there for a second. And we had, we did an interview when we were out at Lehigh Valley last week with Pat McCarthy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about him, and then we'll intro the interview. So so Pat's is a a young guy who has risen very fast. He was with Reading last year, announced a few games, and he has now himself made his way to AAA. And he works in media relations and also announces the Iron Pig games. And, and also happens to be the son of the voice that many people know, which we talk about in the interview of Tom McCarthy. Yeah, but but for me... Like, you never I, connected I, that. I didn't connect that. And after meeting him, um, I'm just impressed with him. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't... I don't I don't think of him that way. I think that it's clear from from talking to him both on and off the air that what he brings to the table is a maturity level and an intelligence of baseball that stands apart from anything that any family, family well, and member let's, does. Let's play the interview because we get into a little bit of the community involvement, too, which goes off of the social justice aspect we talked about earlier yeah, in the and, show as and, well. And how minor league teams, major league teams, any sport can help the community. That's right. Here we go. We're here with Pat McCarthy, who does media relations as a broadcast assistant for the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. I appreciate you guys uh, coming on out to the ballpark and having me on. Well, we appreciate you setting everything up, giving us an opportunity to talk to the players. What's it like out here? You've uh, you've been at a couple different levels, uh, moved through the Philly system just like the players have. What's it like for you to, to make it to AAA? Yeah, it's pretty funny. I, a, lot, a lot of people come up, they say, wow, you're just like a player moving up there. I'm like, it's, it's a very different than a player working his way through the minor league system uh, to get up here. I mean, I've been very fortunate to you know start my broadcasting career in AA last season uh, with the fight in Phils, and then fortunate enough when the Pigs had an opening this year to join Matt Province and uh, join him on the radio and it's been a it's been a huge jump I mean uh, I came into last season having two innings of calling baseball under my belt um, and then you know getting the opportunity with the fighting fills last year to really grow as a broadcaster and then you know get the experience doing all the other things in minor league minor league baseball whether that's cooking hot dogs in the press box or uh, cleaning the bathrooms and pulling tarp so it's uh it's been a really cool experience and then I'm just I'm incredibly fortunate to be where I am now 
you mentioned it. It seems like you get a little bit of everything. What is your favorite thing to do? And then I'll also ask what's your least favorite thing to do. My favorite, uh, my favorite thing to do is just is just to be around the game. Uh, I mean, I grew up here. I grew up around things in a, in a press box. I grew up at a baseball stadium. My mom always jokes that the first place that they took me to after, uh, after I we left the hospital was they brought me to the Trenton Thunder to meet all my dad's like employee, like you know, coworkers and stuff like that. Um, so as coming to the ballpark every single day is my absolute favorite thing to do. I, there's nothing that I do here that I say I really don't want to do that that day because it's all part of it. Um, so I, I, honestly, I don't have a least favorite thing I do. There's nothing about my job that is tasking. It's tiring. It's 15-hour days a lot of times, but there's nothing about it where I look back and say I really don't want to do that today. It's, I'm incredibly lucky. You mentioned your dad. Uh, what was it like to grow up around baseball, uh, see it from a different point of view than a lot of other people get to? I, you know, it's funny when you're growing up, it's all you know, and you don't. I don't think you really appreciate the kind of you know the things that you have and the things that my dad provided for me. You know, growing up, it was just I could go to a game whenever I wanted, and I didn't think anything of it. And I don't think you realize that, you know, until you get older that. You sh- it's not something that everybody gets and how lucky I was and the sacrifices that my dad made for me and my family, my brothers, my sisters, um, to provide us with the luxuries and the experiences that we had, um, you know, to go to a game and just hang out and hang out in the dugout and have a 10 minute conversation with Jim Tomei one day. And just, it's things that at the time I didn't think anything of. And then all of a sudden you look back on it and you're like, wow, this is really, really cool. Um, I'm incredibly blessed for it because my dad has set my, set me up to, one day pass hopefully the experiences that he gave to me the one day hopefully when I have kids I can pass those along to him you said uh, you had two innings that you call before the season what's it been like to learn to call your own games here it's it's really it's really interesting so when I was a, going into my senior year of college I'd called basketball I called football I called field hockey lacrosse all that kind of stuff but I never called baseball because I played I played baseball in college for two years so at that point there was no time to call anything my cousin who worked for the Trenton Thunder at the time uh, said to me hey we only have one broadcaster for a game do you mind coming on and I talked to Adam Giardino who is now a broadcaster with Scranton Wilkesbury and he was doing the Thunder games at the time and he was very he was open to me coming on and he gave me a couple innings of play-by-play and I used that as my demo tape and I sent that out to Reading um so I used that, and then, of course, with Reading last year, you know, I got a chance to... Mike Ventola and Greg Caserta were amazing to me. They really, like, worked me into getting comfortable with the system. I was commuting back and forth from Reading every day trying to fi- finish my degree uh, at the college in New Jersey. So, you know, they started me off with one inning a game, then every once in a while, okay, two. And then, I mean, the two of them were so amazing that they as the season went on allowed as I got more comfortable allowed me to do more and more innings which is something that they didn't need to do I mean they've both been grinding in minor league baseball for you know five six years at this point they've traveled all over the country and here I was fresh out of college without really any baseball play-by-play experience and they just allowed me to jump right in and um they allowed me to jump right in and get you know get the experience that I needed and now uh you know to join Matt Province here it's been it's been awesome Matt's Matt's so good at what he does and you know to be here 11 years with the pigs he's so he knows so much about you know this level of baseball and like the iron pigs and stuff like that so the chance to learn under him I mean it's been so beneficial the the team seems like it's such a big part of the community here in Allentown in the Lehigh Valley can you talk a little bit about what it's like and and how the intersection of sports and the community has worked out here in Allentown well it's it's every day there's always something new going on here today we had a you know a 5k 10 day uh, 10k fun run going on at the ballpark this morning um last homestand we had the Miracle League game where there were from 
Northampton and Lehigh Valley, uh, the Miracle League was playing here. And then we had Miracle League auction jerseys with all the benefits going to the Miracle Leagues uh, in this area. There's always so much to do. Um, the first hometown, we had Autism Awareness Night where we they were wearing their special Autism Awareness jerseys and all of those were auctioned off to local charities around the Valley. And then these guys are constantly out in the Lehigh Valley doing things for charity. I mean, they're the, the Phillies as a whole are really really like they emphasis they emphasize community service so big and they you know they honor their players every year all their minor leaguers that come out and provide the most community service and we got guys here you know uh, Cole Irvin Tom Eshelman guys like that that are uh, always um uh, giving back to the community and you know going out into the community and whether it's a camp or going to read to a school or anything like that and I think that was put on display most when we had the Miracle League game here. I mean, these guys were out there an hour before the game time in uniform right before they were going to play a game and playing baseball with these kids who don't necessarily get an opportunity to play the game uh, every day. It was it was it, honestly it gave you chills to watch because of how much you could see the joy and how much fun everybody was having out there. And I think it's a testament to, A, the Phillies, the players here, and, of course, the Iron Pigs, who really emphasize community. And, you know, I think that's why it's so cool that they're the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. They're not the Allentown Iron Pigs. They're not the Easton. They're not the Bethlehem. It's the whole Lehigh Valley all coming together. And um, it's, it's, really, it's really, really cool to be a part of. What's it like to work with players who want to give back like that and make a difference? We, we talk a lot on, on our show about the impact that sports has on society, and, and you're seeing it firsthand. You're helping arrange it, and here you have these players who, who want to be out there and want to make that impact. What's it like for you to be able to help facilitate that and be a part of it? Oh, I'm such a small part of it. I mean, these guys don't have to do what it is. that They don't have to do it. They take the time out of their day to go and do it, and they do it so willingly and openly. I mean, they, you know, whether it's going to a school, whether it's coming out here, and it really puts things into perspective because there are just guys that get it, and they get where they're coming from. They get how they got here, and they know that the impact that they have on people when they get to this level and through the minor league system, you know. No, they're not big leaguers, but for the people that are coming to this game and there's people in the area, that's what they are. I mean, they are the people that they come to watch, the people that they pay money to see, and just for them to be able to come back and repay that debt to them. It, it's it's really, really cool. And, you know, just as really I'm on the outside looking in because when I see these guys doing it, and then it puts perspective in for you. It's saying, you know, no, I'm not doing it on such a large scale, but what can I do at, you know, the level that I'm at to give back? Or, you know, what can I do to make a difference? Because here these guys are who go out and play baseball every day. They grind to the minor leagues every single day, yet they still have time to go out and you know, help around the community. It's really cool. You talked earlier on about, you know, not taking it for granted, and, and we're sitting here in the dugout doing this interview. What's it like to look out at this field and know that this is what you get to do every day? You you come and play on a field that many people never get to see something this size, and this is this is your life. It's surreal. I mean, I've yeah, it's such a it, it is really a unique opportunity that I have to come to a game every day and just talk about baseball and watch baseball. Uh, I'm incredibly fortunate for it, and I. Like I've said, I owe everything to my dad because of it. Because without him, I don't think I ever would have even imagined that this type of career was a possibility. Um, 
it's, when growing up, I wanted to be a history teacher. I wanted to be a marine biologist until I found out I couldn't spell marine biologist. So I gave up on that dream pretty quickly. And you know, it was about my junior year of high school. I decided, and it's just really cool. How can you not go into it? And I've never looked back since. I know it's a grind, and I know what comes with it. Whether it's the travel and the hours, and you know, putting in your time to work your way up to, you know, that ultimate goal. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I you know. It's funny, like a lot of people complain about like pace of play and like the game and stuff like that and long hours. And I catch myself doing it sometimes. And then I have to take a step back or somebody has to call you out for it. And you realize you could be doing st- a way worse thing right now in terms of a job where you sit there and you hate what you're doing every single day. I always tell people that if I worked in an office, I'd be the one throwing pencils up and getting them caught in the ceiling because I don't have the attention span to sit in front of a computer all day. I need to be up. I need to be moving. I need to be talking to people. Um, so it's times like that when you think back and you're like, all right, Look where you are and imagine yourself doing something else. And would you be nearly as happy to be doing what you're doing now? And the answer is no. The name of the team is the Iron Pigs. How much fun is it for this organization to play off that name and all the things that they do from a marketing perspective? Uh, there's so much you can do with it. You know, I think it's interesting when this team started, from what I understand, and obviously I've only been here for a couple of months, like that wasn't the goal. The whole Bacon USA theme wasn't, a, you know, wasn't the end game. It was to recognize the steel industry and the iron industry and all the factories around here in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, and then when the Bacon USA and everything like that kind of kickstarted, it really it opened a Pandora's box. I mean, you can go so many different ways um, with those jerseys and with like the marketing and everything like that. I mean, if you go around the stadium and you know you try all the food, there's more pork here than there's anything else. Um, you go into the press box every for any morning game, you know there's going to be bacon there, and you know it's going to be really good bacon too. Um, you know, and then like tonight, Saturday night, they're going to wear the Bacon USA jersey with the bacon hat uh, you know you see the guys out in their pregame fighting bacon hats I mean there's so much you can do with it and you know you get the chocolate covered bacon whenever you're here or, I mean it's really it's brilliant because you can really play on two different things you know you can play on the the local industry in this area what really built this area up and then you can also the way minor league baseball is going you know it's all about rebranding and making sure that there's always new things for people to come out and look for and bacon usa because it's so new has allowed this team to keep that same identity that they had at the beginning but rebranded it into a whole new thing is there a lot of bacon in the clubhouse that I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily goes with uh, the whole nutrition thing that a lot of uh, baseball players uh, have to abide by because, uh, you know. Has been. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know uh, what the uh, what the diets of these guys consist of. I'm sure, you know, it's a lot of healthy food and a lot of, you know, chicken and things like that. But I, you come to the ballpark, there's definitely going to be bacon around here. Uh, what's your what for our listeners? What's your day like when you spend fifteen hours a day here? What you know, we we get your releases before and after the game of what's going on. But what's it like for you on a daily basis here? So my day begins anywhere between nine thirty and ten o'clock in the morning for uh, a seven o'clock game. Um, I get here and uh, my first thing I do is I unlock the press box, get that, make sure everything's set up. Um, you know, set out new media guides if anything like that has to happen, and then I have to. I get to, I work on game notes and I send those to Matt Province so he can finish those up. And then it's, and then it's making sure that everything is ready in the clubhouse, that they have everything that they need from my end. Um, you know, whether that's making stat packs, so you know everything's up to date. And then 
uh, you know, talking to any of the guys to say, hey, you know, giving them a heads up that there's different media requests that they might have to, uh, that they may need to, you know, go do. And then once I get game notes, it's printing game notes. We have a huge joke around here that I spend more time with the copier than anywhere else in the ballpark, especially because I have to go down to the front offices to, because um, it has a staple function. And if I was to staple all those by hand, I'd probably get carpal tunnel. Um, so, I, I, so, so you should have your own walk-up music, and it should be from Dunder Mifflin too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I go through paper like I, I genuinely believe I go through close to a thousand pieces of paper a day. If you talk to us after we do this interview, we'll work out some branding and marketing <laughs> for you as well. We'll get you a little more prepared. It's so funny. I actually, when Nick Rickles was coming up to hit one day, and the office theme song was playing, Matt and I started joking about that. I'm like, we're you know, I should really get that every time I go up to uh, you know make some uh, make some copies because whether it's game notes, stat packs, rosters, anything like that. I mean, I'm looking at you know 40 copies of lineups, 40 copies of each team's rosters, 20 copies of each team's game notes, which are like 16 pages each. So yeah, I'm everyone. It'll be like beeping because I ran out of paper, and everyone's like, Pat, it's time for you to go back and hang out at the copier because it's making noises and calling for you. I'm like, I know. I just needed needed a break from her for a little bit. <laughs> so as busy as you are with copies now, how busy is it going to be when LeBron gets here? Oh, it's you know, it's going to be out of this world. You know, I'm really looking forward to LeBron James signing with the Iron Pigs. Um, and I think it's going to be really great for our club. I think it's going to really bring a new dynamic to the baseball team. And uh, you know, it, like like we said, if he's going to catch Michael, this is really the only way for him to do it. Um, it's just the credit to the you know creativity of this uh, Iron Pigs team. It was it is such it is so cool that they you know. You put this pitch out for LeBron James to come and play for the Pigs. I mean, who knows what's going to come of it, but it, it's really getting a lot of attention. It's been really fun to be a part of, like following it on Twitter and stuff like that, of like all the different news outlets. And you get an alert on your phone, like local minor, or like Triple I team is making a pitch for LeBron James to get here. I'm like, hey, I know that billboard. I drove past it today. Is anybody wearing 23 right now? Uh, Jake Thompson was wearing it when he was here, so uh, he is the the one I know right now that is currently has uh, 23. Of course, he's with Philadelphia right now, so I believe 23 is open. Okay, we want to make sure that you know, LeBron doesn't have to buy it for anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think when uh, LeBron gets here, I'm sure Jake will... Uh Hopefully Jake is in Philadelphia and he, we won't have anything to worry about and LeBron can just uh, take 23 and uh, help this team. Well, Pat, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Jeff, that was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, I, re I really enjoyed talking with him and seeing the inner workings of a minor league team and how much goes into it. I mean, people don't realize it. it it's, it's a huge operation. It is, and we want to thank Pat for having us out there. We'll definitely talk to him more, and we'll have more on next week's show with our, our trip out to the Iron Pigs. Uh, Jeff, any last thoughts before we close off this week? Next week, we're actually heading out to Reading for, to see the Redden Fightins. We are just going all over the place. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week on The Heart of Sports. Have a great holiday weekend, and join us next week. Have a great one. Bye-bye.